with me, turn into Psalm 23. Psalm 23. We are thankful to see each one tonight. And, you know, it's been on my heart up here just the thought of, you know, we've mentioned a few times recently, Pastor Call and election of officers. And certainly, I think it would benefit the church if we pray very, very much about that. I, I say that, you say, well, Brother Brad, are you unsure about being a pastor at Mars Hill? Absolutely not. I feel very settled with that, but it would be foolish of me just to think, well, you know, just keep going the way we always go and not stop to consider. We need to make sure that we do everything of God. You think about Joshua. Joshua was, God was with him when he went up against Jericho and he just took for granted. Well, God will be with us at the next one too. And, you know, God was not in them going up against Ai, at least the way that they did. So we need to go into that with a mindset, you know, that we want God to lead, we want Him to guide. And even myself, and you know, for the, the thought of pastor, and then you come down to the Sunday school teachers, and I don't believe you Sunday school teachers and you that hold office would have a problem with me saying this, we need to pray about each one of those. Make you a list and, you know, pray about each one of these. Is this who God wants in this position? Or, you know, do we need to rearrange or we need to, you know, keep everything the way it is or whatever the case may be. But uh, don't ever, ever take the will of God just for granted. But rather, look to the Lord and He'll guide us. I'm thankful that God has been guiding us here at Mars Hill and He's blessed tremendously uh, here. And I trust that He still will, but we don't ever want to take His grace for granted. Psalm 23, got a, just a, a simple thought on my heart tonight. Uh, you know, this afternoon, really what we're going to do is begin a study uh, that I feel like is going to take us through several services. And uh, you know, I, I kind of purpose Sunday evenings, unless the Lord lead otherwise, uh, that, we, uh, that we would take Sunday evenings and look at this Bible study. He, you know, certainly the Lord has liberty to lead us in whatever direction He wants to, but I think it's good to study the Bible together as a church. It's good for us to study the Bible together. You say, well, we come and you preach and we listen and uh, we read our Bibles as you do, but, it's, you know, to stop and just take a thought, a subject, and study it, it it's certainly beneficial when the Lord's in it. And the Lord even told a pastor, you know, be apt to teach, be ready to teach. Be willing to teach. And so, uh, we're going to uh, to study the Bible together. And there's been a, a certain topic on my mind. And so, let us see what the Bible says about it. You know, I, I live in America. Thank the Lord for that. And, and not only am I in America and blessed to be in America. And, you know, there's a lot of people have a lot of bad things to say about this country. But there's still most people in other countries that would love to be here. Uh, they would just, if they could, they would be here, no problem. They would love to come to America. America's still a place where outsiders want to be. And so I'm thankful that I was born here. I'm thankful not only I was born here, but I wasn't born, you know, in some other state. Uh, and I won't call the different states, but there's some that I would prefer to be in over others. Uh, just simply because some's more conservative, some liberal. I'm thankful that I am in South Mississippi, and I'm thankful for that. And he, even here, though, in the Bible Belt buckle, <laughs> I believe you can look at Mississippi. If we're in the Bible Belt in the South, Mississippi's probably the buckle 
of the Bible Belt. And yet, even though that we are, it's beginning to seem like we are in those perilous times that the Bible warns us about. Perilous, dangerous, times that you got to wonder about. You know, I thought about some of the statements Brother Jared made in Sunday school this morning about how that, you know, even when you think about doing good unto others, you stop and scratch your head and think, well, what if they're trying to take advantage of me? That, that's perilous, you know, the, the thought that it is even dangerous to try to help someone nowadays. And so uh, I believe you could say even in, in, in the, the heart of the world, South Mississippi, and I know if you lived in South Carolina or Georgia, you'd probably say the same thing. Uh, but it seems like more and more I'm becoming a stranger and pilgrim. And I'm reminded more and more that my real home is up there on high. You know, the Bible says this about us. It, it says that as Christians, we are strangers and pilgrims. You know, if I went into another country, I'd be a stranger in their country. If I went to sojourn there for a while, I'd be a pilgrim there. And, and so that the mindset that the Lord gives us is, you know, whenever you see someone in our country that's from outside, you look at them, you know, they're, they're a little strange. They're different. And uh, they don't talk like us. They, they, they don't dress like us. They don't even eat like us. Of course, I say that here in America, we eat everything but American food, don't we? We eat Mexican, we eat Chinese, we go all these other places. Very seldom we just eat American food anymore. But oh, certainly, you, you look and you say, well, they're strange. They're different. It's hard to communicate with them. It's hard to, it, it's kind of hard to even socialize to some degree. And I know we make efforts to do that. But you know, basically that's what the Lord's telling us, is that's how the world's going to look at us as His people. They're going to look at us as strangers and pilgrims. They're going to look at us and think, well, them Christian folks, they, uh, they speak funny. They do things different. They bow their head when they pray. You know whenever you bow your head to pray at lunch, sometimes you make people uncomfortable. Sometimes it's a blessing to see it. You very seldom you see somebody, you know, bow their head and have prayer, even at a, you know, just at a fast food restaurant or something. But when you do, to me, it impresses me. Uh, but to some people, they they almost offended that you doing that. They don't know how to act, especially if you're sitting at the table with them and you bow their, your head. And they they think, well, you know, I don't do that, so it makes them feel a little bit strange. But we are we're supposed to make people feel a little bit strange because we are different. We're called out. Uh, a called out group of baptized believers to do the work of God. That's what we are. And so, I believe Jesus felt that way. While He was here, boy, He was strange. And the people looked at Him and thought, He's different. They, they'd watch Him and hear Him teach and they'd say, my goodness, Lord, teach us to pray. They never heard anybody pray like that. He'd walk into a room and He'd start preaching and, and they marveled that He spoke as one having authority. And they, they just felt, he is strange. Strange. John the Baptist come along, he was strange. I mean, he dressed in, in a loincloth, basically. He had his loins covered with camel hair. 
And, you know, and he come out of the woods eating locusts and wild honey. People thought that was strange. They think God's people are strange. And so, the topic I want to address is this, living surrounded by enemies. You know, Jesus loved us while we were yet enemies. Jesus loved us while we were yet sinners. And now He has saved me, and He tells me to love like He does. For God so loved the world. He, he loved the world. He loved me in spite of me. He loved me in spite of being, me being an enemy to the cross. He loved me. And He died for me. And He tells me to do the same thing. And so we do. We have to live here amongst enemies. The Bible said we live like lambs in the midst of wolves. That's what He said. Uh, that paints in your mind, that paints a, just a very scary, terrifying picture if it were not for the shepherd. You think about lambs. Wolves will not spare lambs. They will devour them, rip them to shreds. Devour them to there's nothing left. And it's you on the bones. That's what wolves do to lambs. And the Lord said, that's where you are. Here on this earth, that's where you are. And then there's the shepherd. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Well, if we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death and there's grievous wolves that will not spare the flock, you'd think it'd be a lot to fear. But He said, I will fear no evil. Why? But for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparedest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pay special attention to that verse 5. That's what I want to focus in on tonight, and we're just going to dip our toes in uh, to the thought of being surrounded by our enemies. So, uh, I, I love the great provision of the Good Shepherd. And, and we'll get to verse 5 in just a minute, but I want to, first of all, to stop and think that me being a lamb, God is there to provide for me. God is there to make provision for me. God knows where the green grass is. Remember whenever He led the people out into the wilderness, or they followed Him out in the wilderness, and looked around, you know, what are, what are the people going to eat? We better send them home. They're fainting. Uh, they, they, they don't have any strength left. And the Lord said, give them to eat. We don't have anything. And they top over the hill, I, I suppose, topped over the hill. And there's green grass everywhere. And He said, tell them, sit down in the green grass. The Lord knows where the green grass is. As a sheep, I don't. I don't know where the green grass is. He does. And so, He is the one that leads us and so to stop and consider I, I, I love that our good shepherd he provides for us I'm thankful for that green grass I'm thankful for that still those still waters even the rod and the staff I think the sheep gets used to that he's not clubbing them over the head with a with a rod every time you turn around that that staff was to bring one back to him that club uh, that that was something to protect 
the animals with and certainly maybe to some degree he would push them along with that staff and all that's good in its place and the Lord knows when to use it and so I'm thankful even for the rod and the staff. I'm learning every single day and I want you to get that I am learning every day to, to just be thankful and content with His provisions. Sometimes you're walking through that valley of the shadow of death, but we don't have to fear. He knows where He's going. He knows that we're to follow Him. So, so we've, we've left the thought of sheep in verse 5. You say, well, Brother Brad, how do you know that? Because sheep don't sit at the table. Oh, he prepared a table before us. So he's kind of, we, we've got that thought of how he's taking care of us. And then he turns, he said, now, you're my children. Thou prepared us a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoint my head with oil, my cup runneth over. So he shifted the idea from being a sheep to remember that God provides for His children. And notice where the table is set. In the presence of our enemies. God has a table for us, Brother Jared, but it's in the presence of our enemies. What does that mean for us, by the way? It, well, that means we get to, we get to eat the good and, and, and accept the provisions that the, the Lord would have for us. And, and yet at the same time, here we are in the presence of our enemies and we're feasting down. Reckon what that does to our enemies. You know this world absolutely hates to see you blessed. This world hates to see a child of God Blessed. This, I started off by mentioning America. America is one of the greatest countries ever to exist. And it's because it existed and founded as a Christian nation. But then you have grievous wolves that come in and they do not like to see God's people prosper. They don't like to see us sitting at the table feasting on the greatness that God would have. You go and look at Israel, God's chosen people and how that. Uh, they, they would be blessed beyond measure and they had to, they allowed the world to influence them. And the next thing you know, they didn't get set at the table and feast, it was famine. You know what God, a lot of times that's what it is, feast or famine. You either eat at His table or strike out on your own. So the, the devil, look, let me mention the devil just a minute. We talk about our enemies because I want us to be real clear. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We are sheep in the midst of wolves, but we're not facing a physical battle. We don't have to come to blows. We, we are facing a spiritual battle. These things that I face in the world, this, this hatred toward God's people, that, that's of a spiritual nature. You think about our country. Well, I tell you what, if we could just get a Republican in there, things would be so much better. Oh, look at what the Democrats are doing. You hear that so often. And I understand it. But there's, it, we're not wrestling against Democrats and Republicans. We're wrestling against a spiritual enemy. A spiritual enemy that wants to steer things 
and mainly steer us away from the table that God has prepared for us. Oh, so I'm going to use a natural example. Y'all, y'all bear with me just a minute. When my Alabama Crimson Tide oh, beats a lesser opponent for the national championship, whenever that happens, what, is, what do their enemies do? I say that because I figure some of you might be enemies of the Alabama Crimson Tide. But uh, you know what I'm saying. It, it, there's those uh, that, that just, they see that and boy, they just act so aggravated and throw stuff and get mad. Why? It's a game. Yeah, but yeah, I just cannot stand to see them win another championship. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Can't stand and see them feasting at the table. You know, when the teacher's favorite student gets rewarded at school, how do the other children react to that? Are they happy for them that they got rewarded? Or, man, I tell you what, I should have been the one that got rewarded. I should have got that. The, the enemies do not want to see someone feasting at the table. And so that's where we are. I want you to hear that as a church. You know, we are in the midst of enemies. And you know, when I was a kid, there was two very good Olympic caliber ice skaters. And I don't watch ice skating. I just remember the story. Very, very competitive. They were both very, very good and Nancy Kerrigan won out against Nicole Harden. She won out, beat her fair and square, and whenever she was on the news and everybody was, she had all the attention on her, uh, Nancy Kerrigan, she was getting all the photo sh- uh, uh, shots and, and, and all of that, and everybody was just, you know, it was all about her. She's going to be our next person to go into the Olympics. Oh, Nicole uh, Nicole. Harden hired somebody to come along and club her in the knee <laughs> on national TV. Clubbed her in the knee. <laughs> oh, she couldn't stand to see her rewarded like that. You, you know, so the enemy, your adversary, does not like to see you feasting at a prepared table. Plain and simple. So what does that mean? That means the enemy's going to do everything they can to try to tear you down. Everything they can to try to hinder you. The enemy knows that you're a child of God. So what's the enemy going to do? Let me see if I can push the right buttons. Let me see if I can get them to fall. Let me see if I can get them to blaspheme. Let me see if I can get them to deny the faith. Let me see if I can get them to walk away from the table that they've been blessed at. Let me see if I can do that. And so often the enemy is successful because we're not looking. We're, we're, we're paying attention to our blessings. And we're not sober and vigilant. And the enemy comes in and causes a lot of trouble. And so the world does not like to see a, a Christian prosper. The devil sure does not like to see a Christian prosper. So as we live here, surrounded by our enemies, don't think that the world's going to cheer you on. If you say, well, I tell you what, I've gotten real faithful to church. Preacher, preach real hard to us. 
You know, and I, I, I've gotten real faithful to church, and I tell you what, I've been going, you ought to go, the world's going to look at you like, are you crazy? They're not going to cheer you on. That's why it's important to come together, assemble together, that we can provoke one another to love and to good works. We get to come set at the table together. So, oh, the, the world will hate you. Brother man, that's depressing. I don't. I want everybody to like me. Well, Lord said, "Hey, listen, the world hates me. They're gonna hate you too. The world trying to destroy me. They're gonna try to do that to you as well. I'm leaving you here as lambs in the midst of wolves." Paul even wrote to the church, had, had some of the elders from the church come and he said, let me just tell you this, that after I'm gone, grievous wolves are going to come in. They will not spare the flock. I'm so thankful for the table. The Father's table. It's so good to be able to enjoy the blessings. But at the same time, we have to stop and consider that we do live in perilous times. The, the world crucified Jesus. They're not going to like us very much if we stand for Jesus. So what does that mean? They stand for Him anyway. Stand for Him anyway. All that live God wills suffer persecution. Every one of us. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you. Enjoy the Lord's table. Enjoy that. Come and dine. The Master calleth. Come and dine. Enjoy that table. Come to His table. Let Him... Look, He said, Thou anointest my head with oil. See the comfort there? Thou anointest my head with oil. That has... Whenever you stop and think about that, that's no doubt healing properties. Lord, heal what ails us. He said, My cup runneth over. Brother Brad, I feel like I have just been dry as last year's hay. I spiritually, I just don't feel like I'm there where I need to be. Well, he said, He prepared a table for you. It's in the presence of your enemies. If you go sit down at that table, he said, My cup runneth over. That's where our cup runs over. Don't think it's strange. That the enemy wants to club your knee. <laughs> Don't think that's strange. That, that's human nature. Human nature, especially in 2023, the world wants to step on the back of your neck so they can get a foot up. And they don't care if they hurt you. Don't think that they won't take advantage of your Christianity. They will. <clears throat> Don't venture too far from the shepherd. He's our defense. Our only defense. A sheep cannot defend itself. <laughs> Can you imagine God made an animal so... What's a good word? A, a sheep useless. I know they get well, they get fur or wool. Uh, but as far as just... They're just they can't take care of themselves. They don't know where the grass is. They don't know where the water is. They, they would die. It was not for a shepherd. I know you might find one, you know, down through history that survived for a while by itself. Most of them, they're going to fall off a cliff or get ate by something, eaten by something. And so, 
Better look to the Lord. He's our defense, our only defense. And but real quick, I'm gonna close, but look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It just come to mind. I want you to as we as we close, look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. This kind of set us up for the next time we study. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. We're, we're not to follow the flesh. Uh, flesh... The flesh will lead us away from God's table. The flesh will have us like that dog returning to its vomit. That's, that's Scripture. I know it's, now that, that's, one, that's one verse I about turning your stomach when you use it. Sometimes you have to preach from that verse. It, uh, a dog will return to its vomit. And if we follow the flesh, that's exactly... The image that the Lord wants us to get, that's about what we'll do. We'll return to the vomit of this world rather than sitting down and feasting at the table. Where did that prodigal son find himself? About to eat out of a hog trough. That's what the flesh will do for you. And so, we eat at the Lord's table. And the enemies are these spirits uh, that, that's driving the craziness of this world and... Our weapons, they're strong through God. It'll help us pull down even the stronghold. So that, that'll be our next lesson. We'll move into that thought uh, later on next week. So we'll go ahead and have a song.